Everybody, to the very, very first episode of the Just Outdoors podcast. So excited to start off on this journey, and so happy that you are here to to start it with start it with me. Um, just a little bit of background about what this is going to be, and um, what you're going to be in store for over the next episode. we get through um, this is all about high level performance. That's what SF Sport is all about. And it's all about learning from the best and applying those lessons to our daily life. Sport at its best is a reflection of the best part of us. So what this podcast is gonna be is just a celebration of sport and trying to pick out lessons from different teams and different individuals within sport, different sports and how we can apply that to our daily lives and make ourselves better and perform at a higher level. What we're going to do is we're going to mainly focus on Premier League football, but we'll sprinkle in some other leagues and sports as we go along. And the main thing that we're going to, that we're going to operate by is a philosophy of stories worth telling. If it's interesting, if it's impactful, if it's inspiring, important, it'll get talked about. And if it isn't, then it's, it just won't. Um, under no pressure to cover any kind of topics, under nothing, under no pressure just to difficult uh, webs to thread or needles to thread or anything or anything like that. No, 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 no. This is literally just no filter, just real talk, straight from the heart. So we'll talk sports. Um, we'll talk coaches and different coaching techniques, and we'll talk leadership and how that actually helps us and how we can apply that to our daily lives, whether it be the office or the boardroom or the gym or where, wherever we are. We'll talk about sports entertainment and culture as well. Just anything interested, anything that kind of gets us going, any, any way we can learn from and make ourselves better. That being said, we'll do case studies, we'll do spotlights on different people, we'll do spotlights on different teams and different topics, different organizations. We'll sometimes have guests, um, sometimes not. We'll do interviews and maybe, just maybe in future, there'll be a regular co-host as well, kind of having some discussions about that and we'll see how, we'll see how we go. Um, that being said, um, let's get cracking into the first kind of, to first kind of topic. And as a Liverpool fan, and yeah, let me just say that off, off the bat, I am a Liverpool fan, and not gonna hide, I'm not gonna hide that. Um, so I'm gonna be a little bit biased towards Liverpool, but at the same time, I'm pretty objective, so I can um, call shit out when it needs to be, and I can be fair towards my towards my own team. But yes, I will have a strong, passionate defense of all things Liverpool FC. Now you're probably thinking, ah, you don't sound scouse. That's a notoriously London or Southern England accent. So how the hell did you become a Liverpool fan? And that's a good question. And the reason is John Johnny Barnes. Um, I grew up in Southeast London. Um, grew up in, I grew up in Bermondsey. And originally born in Ghana and then moved to London w uh, with my parents when I was, th when I was three and a half. 
and we settled down uh, eventually we settled down in southeast london bermondsey and the local team there if you're familiar with the area everyone will know the local team is Millwall. now like i said i was born in ghana so you obviously um you can guess that i am not white <laughs> um so supporting Millwall was a difficult difficult thing to do just couldn't they are not fans or they weren't fans back then of people who look like me and quite frankly to this day they still aren't they don't really have a good uh, track record with with black fans with black players or anybody who has melanin in their skin in, in their skin not necessarily the club itself but generally the fans and if you talk about racism in football Millwall is notoriously one of the clubs that have have had an issue with that so as I was keenly aware of that even as a even as a seven-year-old um which is when I chose to find a team to to support and my favorite color is red Liverpool back then were the the dominant team. So, and my favorite player, John Johnny Barnes, London boy who moved up to Liverpool and basically started killing it, killing it up there, happened to play for Liverpool, so that was just an easy 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 marriage. Favorite color, favorite player. There you go, favorite team. Been supporting them ever since. Unfortunately for me, never seen them win the league as a supporter. So maybe I'm the jinx, but I'm definitely not a bandwagon fan. I go through all that to try and make a segue into what we're going to start off with. And that was the Super Cup review. Not sure if anybody actually, in fact, if you're a football fan and if you're, if you're listening to this, you, you would have seen the match. You would have definitely known the result by now. And... Liverpool have got an other, another trophy in the cabinet. That was a that was a, that was a tough match. It really, really was a tough really was a tough match. Chelsea played some really good football. Um, they looked good. Pulisic um, making it very, very clear that Liverpool kind of missed a trick. He um, has a relationship or pre-existing relationship with Jurgen Klopp. Liverpool have been linked with him for years, and. Um, yeah, it would. Uh, he's he's, he's going to be a good little player. Same thing with Mason Mount, and N'Golo Conte is an absolute baller. I just can't stress that can't stress that enough. It's just if there is a loose ball within like a ten meter radius of him, he is going to win it. And the guy is just amazing. Now you didn't come here to get like football blow by blow and tactical breakdowns or anything like that. that's not what this is going to be i'm just i'm just uh, i'm literally just vibing literally just vibing here um but it's a nice way of segueing into liverpool not playing well but still winning and it's just more about that mentality and ha generating that winning habit and we're talking about this being a vehicle of learning from high-level performance and trying to extrapolate that into our own personal lives and that's a big takeaway for me from that particular from that particular game yes it was entertaining yes um we're ecstatic and yes there's all the memes going around about adrian 
and we'll come on to that in a minute because that's not that's also another lesson that we that that we we can all learn but the great thing about life is that you're not always going to be at your best um but at the same time if you're going to achieve anything you need to be able to perform regardless of when whenever you feel like performing if you're always going to wait on different situations where you feel up to it or where you're in the right mood you're probably not going to achieve anything great and Liverpool on when on Wednesday were not at their best um first first choice goalkeeper not of it not available um defense looking sh defense looking shaky um second choice maybe even third choice players in the team so Klopp had um switched up switched up his tactics and it just wasn't um just wasn't a great performance however they are building a habit and a process of and a, and, a, and a winning mentality and that is phenomenal to see as Liverpool fan but also as somebody who um, is inspired by high level performance it's definitely something that we could that, that we can all learn, learn from how do you create a system and how do you create a methodology of methodology of operating and ooh, an mo if you will um of being able to perform at a high level regardless of your circumstances and just trusting in that particular process and letting the outcomes fall wherever and wherever they may let those chips fall wherever they may and that was my big lesson from that from that particular game adrian is another fantastic story as well and another way of learning from high-level sport. This guy was on the scrap heap literally a couple of weeks ago. Um, didn't have a team, was a free agent. Doesn't necessarily look like he's going to be performing anywhere of note. Now, all of a sudden, just because he'd built up some good relationships and built up some prior um, sweat equity within the league, he gets a call and Liverpool sign him to be a backup goalkeeper. Now, he has the mentality that he's going to be a backup goalkeeper because in no way in hell is he going to challenge Alisson for for the starting job when, when every, everyone's fit. And that's a great example of playing your position and knowing your role and having self-awareness of where you fit and being, being able to be the master and being a star in that particular role, however you fit within a, within a team. But he's also a brilliant example of next man up Allison goes down and all of a sudden he jumps right he jumps right in and he's just being prepared and being able to step in is just a fantastic fantastic testament to his to his mentality and his preparation skills um just to go from the scrap heap to beat saving the decisive penalty in a super cup or within a space of two weeks you can't do that unless you are prepared to perform prepared to perform regardless of the situation so that's a fantastic kudos to him now this particular episode is going to be shorter than shorter than most um so we're just going to have a have a little fun with this um and 
I'm going to take you through some fantasy football decisions that I need to make because, um, yeah, I need I need some help and I need to bounce some ideas off of somebody. And I guess that this will be a good cathartic way of doing it. So first and, for, first and foremost, we're going to go through some early, early season predictions. I'm part of this um, football group called For Football's Sake. Um, fantastic group and it's a um, few hundred few hundred guys in a in a Facebook group and all different walks of life all different um, football team supporters and we just come together and we just um, sh share our share our love of the game and pre-season we had this had this quiz to go through different categories and put together our early season predictions so 15 topics and here we go number one Who's the, who are you predicting to be the winner of the league? No prizes for guessing. Liverpool for me. Um, would I be shocked if Liverpool won the league? No. Would I be shocked if Manchester City won the league? No. Would I be shocked if anybody out of those two teams won the league? Then the answer is yes. Is it possible? Of course. But... I think Man City and Liverpool are both on a level above everyone else in the Premier League and the win is going to come out of those out, out of those two. Everyone else it would be a surprise and an, an outright shock if they were lifting the trophy at the, at, at the end of the season. Now, topic number 2, top 4 finishes in order. I went for Liverpool, Man City, Spurs, and Arsenal. No prizes for guessing, um, or no prizes for for this. I mean, the, the top three I think is going to be the same as as last as last year, just in a, just in a different order. And I think Arsenal had the best transfer window out of all top all the top clubs, and depending on how the defense. Um, comes together. I think David Luiz is a is a sneaky little pickup for them. I think their defense should be better than it was last season, and they've definitely got better up front, or definitely got better going forward. So with the, with their front line with Pepe, Aubameyang, and Lacazette, I think they'll probably um, they'll, they'll probably finish finish fourth. Topic number three: top eight finishes in order. One, Liverpool, Man City, Spurs, Arsenal, as we've touched upon. Fifth, Man United. Sixth, Chelsea. Seventh, Everton. And eighth, I've gone for Leicester. Now, explanations for those ones. Um, I think the top six is going to be this, the same top six as it was last year, just in just in a different order, as I've, as I've explained. I think Man United will do slightly better than they did last year, but um, I don't see them being drastically better, even though Wan-Bissaka uh, Wan is a very, very good signing for them. And their, their left-back, uh, James, um, he looks like he's going to be a quali um, quality player for them as well. Um, but they're going to have problems scoring goals just because I don't think, um, I don't think Rashford is ready. And Pogba, his mind is somewhere. His, his mind is somewhere else. He he wants to be somewhere else. So I'm not necessarily sure what they're going to get out of him. And they've just got yeah too many, yeah too 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 many question marks for me to actually sneak into into that top four. Chelsea, 
Um, I said they would finish fifth, but given how they started the last two, their first two games this season, I actually think they've got a chance to be really, really good. Um, that's a quality, quality squad um, with quality young players coming through. And if they buy into what Frank Lampard is selling, then I actually think they've got a chance to to even be better than than fifth and actually give uh, better than sixth. Sorry, and actually give Arsenal a run for a run for fourth. So um, yeah, let's. Um, that's a. That's the first. That's the first one that I'm looking at, thinking mm, could be could be wrong there. Everton and Leicester, I think, are pretty pretty solid picks. But also, there's Wolves who could sneak who could sneak into there as well. Um, topic number four: bottom three finishes in order. Gone for Sheffield United, Norwich, Villa. Um, yeah, I think Villa have spent a ridiculous amount of money, and I think they're going to have the Fulham treatment and. Yeah, it's not necessarily going to bring them too much too much joy, and I think Sheffield United and Norwich are going to struggle, especially Norwich playing the way they play. Um, they play really really good football, but I'm not necessarily sure that they've got the technical capabilities or the technical players to be able to play that style that openly in the Premier League. And I think they're going to win a lot of neutral fans, but they're not necessarily going to win a lot of games. Number five, dark horse club to surprise the league. Gone for Bournemouth. I think um, Eddie Howe um, and his team have been doing some 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 solid work over the last couple over the last couple of years, and I think they've uh, yeah they've got a sneaky outside chance to actually um, jump into that top eight. If there was a yeah if there was a team that I would say that could jump into that that top eight, it it would be Bournemouth. Seven. Sorry, six. Club to do the best in Europe. I'm going to go with Man City. Even though Liverpool have been in the Champions League final for the last two seasons, I'm not necessarily. I don't think that the Champions League is the focus this year, and I think uh, Man City have that focus, and that's the one they want to win more than more than anything. And given this, the fact this is year three slash year four for for Pep and generally speaking he doesn't stay at clubs much longer than that than that time horizon so this could be a tricky tricky period for them um I think the Champions League is the one that they all they all want and then they're going to go all hell all hell out for that so I would say Man City the team to do the best in Europe out of all the English clubs club to do the worst in Europe I went for Chelsea even though they are starting off and I've liked what I've seen over them for the, la for the last couple of games that, that, that I've watched, I just think them being, them being in the Champions League after winning, after winning the Europa, I think without being able to sign players this summer, I, th I, th I think, think they might struggle relative to the other English clubs in the, ch in, in the Champions League. So that's why, that's why I went with them. Topic eight, manager to, to perform the best, Marco Silva. I think Everton, um, not necessarily going to win any trophies or you never know, they actually might win an, F might win an FA Cup. I wouldn't be, wouldn't be surprised by that or might win a League Cup. 
Um, but they play some really, really good football and Liverpool lost Liverpool basically lost the league at Goodison Park last year. And the team that Marco Silva is actually putting putting together is a decent, decent team. So I think manager manager of the year candidate is at Goodison Park. Nine. Manager to perform the worst and be sacked first. Gone Dean Smith, Aston Villa. With the amount that they've spent in the summer, um, if they don't get off to a good start and they don't meet expectations, I think yeah, he could be the one that that's on the chopping block the first, just because the amount they've spent is I, th I think at last time last last time I looked, it was like top top three in the Premier in the Premier League when when they're in the spend in the spending charts this this past window and they are not going to be at a level where that kind of spending is justified so that's a problem perfect 10 new kid under 23 to shine i went for callum hudson odoi now i realize he's injured for the a, a good portion of the of the season um, but when he comes back, I think this kid is this kid is absolute absolute quality. Um, having said that, there's a couple of young players over the first couple of games that really look really look decent. Like I said, uh, James at at Man United, Mason Greenwood, um, Phil Foden, uh, Wamba Saka. There's a few. Um, so. It, Trent Alexander-Arnold as well um, could have a breakout year and actually cement his place as the best right back in the Premier League. So there's a f there's a few, but I think when everyone's healthy, I think Callum Hudson-Odoi could be um, could be a special player. Eleven, best buyer of the season. I actually went with Man City's Rodri. I think their one weakness was the health of. Fernandinho and I think they've basically gone out and spent big money on mitigating that risk um, long-term replacement for Fernandinho and I think he's just going to slot in there and just just fit in just fit in seamlessly Lo um, loves to play the way that Pep like likes to play as well so I think that yeah I think he's going to be a quiet signing but I think he's probably going to be the best signing worst buy of the season this might be some hate as a Liverpool fan, but I think Harry Maguire at Man, at Man United, 80 plus million pounds on a centre-back that you didn't want to buy a year ago because he cost too much at 50 million a year ago. And the powers that be at United didn't think he was better than what they already had at the club. And now 12 months later, after not a stellar season, he's now worth spending the most that's ever been spent on a centre-back to replace the defenders that none of them have left your club. Doesn't make sense to me. So I think that potentially could be the worst buy of the season. Now, don't get me wrong, he could perform, he could perform very, very well, but I just don't think you're going to get bang for buck when it comes to, when it comes to that. Top goal scorer, I'm going to go with Salah. 
he's been he's been that since he dropped into the Premier League, and I don't see any reason why that's gonna, that why that's going to change. I think Liverpool are going to have another special season, and if they do, then he's then Salah's going to be the major reason behind that. So, top goal scorer Mo Salah. Fourteen, player with most assists. This one, KDB. Um, I pimp. I think people have forgotten how special of a footballer Kevin De Bruyne is. Um, everyone was lamenting, oh, the Premier League lost its best player when Eden Hazard left and went off to Real Madrid. No, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. The best player in the Premier League never left. And Kevin De Bruyne has been the best player in the Premier League for the last couple of years. Last year was down year. He was injured for, mo- he was injured for most of it. But this time, health, health permitting, if he is fit the full, the full year, He's gonna, he's gonna put the world the world on notice. Not just the Premier League, but he's gonna put the Champions League on notice that he is one he is one of the best midfielders in all of all of football. And fifteen, last but not least, goalkeeper with the most clean sheets. Now this one's already gone out the window, seeing as um, I went for Allison, and seeing as he got injured in game one and is gonna be out for two months, so this one's out the window already. But health permitting. Um, I think Liverpool are going to have the the best defence in the Premier League, just like they did last year. And I think he's going to have um, the most the, the most clean. He would have had the most clean sheets. So yeah, that is out the window. But there was logic to my pick. Okay, moving on. That is going to be it for today. Like I said, it's just going to be a very very short. Um, test episode for today and this is going to get a little bit more slick um, and a little better as we go along but as with anything when you're actually trying to start something you just have to start and then you analyze and then you adjust and then you improve and then you just come back that one percent better each time you do it so um, thanks for vibing with me today and I will see you next time Peace.